episode number 71 of the New York Pages podcast in partnership with Inside the Ring. I'm your host, Chika Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brennan Luca. And today we have on goalie expert, Kevin Woodley, who's also the Vancouver Canucks writer for NHL.com. We're going to be discussing with him Shesterkin, Allmark, everything goalie. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games some more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we are back with Kevin Woodley, goalie expert and Vancouver writer for the NHL.com. Kevin, how's it going? It's good. It's uh, it's it's good. It's been a long day, but happy to join you guys. Looking forward to some playoff hockey coming up here. Not looking forward to it as much as you guys obviously are because you cover t- a team and have teams in the area that actually make the playoff, um, which is not something I have to worry about around here, but looking forward to watching it nonetheless. Potentially all three this year are getting in. Yeah. For us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for rubbing that in. Eh? I mean, I'm not I'm not happy about two of them. <laughs> okay, I guess I guess I guess it's not that I guess you got to give it. Yeah, we'd rather Vancouver. Hey, yeah, the yeah. Canucks are my second favorite team, so I, I I feel you. It's been a while. It's been a while. Fortunately, it looks like I get to go down the I five and cover a little Seattle crack in playoff hockey, and I haven't covered playoff hockey in a long time, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, nice! That'll be cool. that's one of my favorite arenas. I, I went there for the first Ranger game there, and it was just oh, it was so cool. Yeah, it's nice. And their practice facility, which is, you know, subtle dig at the Canucks here because they still don't actually have one. Um, Their practice (laughs) facility is off the charts. So it was, uh, yeah, looking forward to that very much so. Nice. So I wanted to ask the question that all Rangers fans, why do the Rangers make every opposing goalie look like Dominic Hasek? I I know that may be an over-exaggeration, but it it just seems like... And you're leaving out a key component. Goalies that aren't that good look better, right? That, that, sometimes yeah, like that Dominic veteran, Koshik looks like Dominic Koshik, you know, like that guys. veteran backup goalie that maybe has in the 800 save percentage, and all of a sudden we play him and he's like a 940 save percentage goalie. Huh? Well, I don't have that answer. I, I always <laughs> look at the I always look at the goalie because I just pulled up sort of some of the numbers and obviously uh shout out to Steve Valakat and Clearside Analytics. I get to look under the hood um mm. for giving me access to that to do interviews like this and be able to edge my educate myself because the reality is there's no possible way to keep up with all 32 teams. I almost yeah. said 31, but um it's just impossible unless you and to be able to sort of you know actually look at sort of you know like compare apples to oranges uh in terms of shot quality and what teams generate it's it's just impossible without uh these types of tools so um you know i mean i'm looking and i it's funny because n- normally my answer to that like there's a lot of teams that make goalies look good because they don't generate quality they just you know they're they're all about quantity uh at the expense sometimes of quality i think you know carolina hurricanes at times can be that team um but when I'm looking at the expected goals uh, for the Rangers, like uh, five on five, they're you know sixth overall, third off the rush, thirteenth in 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 the offensive zone. So when they get when they get in there, whether it's on the four check or off the rush and set and sort of pull things up and settle down into offensive zone play, they're only thirteenth, and then fifth on the power play. So like overall, this is a team that's doing the types of things that should lead two goals like their offensive profile in terms of creating dynamic types of offense looks really good but they're underscoring those expected metrics by close to 30 goals so um you know i don't know some, some of that's just finishing i certainly not finishing talent they have enough of it just finishing funk and pdo and all those things that can bite you in the ass over short periods of time 
Um, but when I look at the type of offense they're generating, it should be leading to goals. It should be leading to 30 more goals than they've scored this year. So, um, you know, you guys had actually, you know, I mean, that's, that's what the numbers say. You guys are probably no better than me. Have they got too many guys that just own the logos or, um, you know, that's like my beer league team, right? They're always ripping me. I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys are wearing out the logo on the other guy tonight. Like, just like <laughs> try not hitting him in the chest for a change. Yeah. We hit a lot of pipes too. We love, we love the pipes. And Trocheck especially. Trocheck. Yeah. Every single time. I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if you led the league in posts. Because, yeah, no, I, I know my question. It, it's very so specific, and you'd have to watch every single Rangers game to, like, no, but I, I just figured um, I throw that out because it, it seems that there are times where, yeah, they, they just wear out the chest logo. They just hit a post or they just miss an empty net. It's just, it's, also, yeah. It's nice to hear that we're not crazy, though. Yeah, no, no, man, no. Like, you know. be one, like they're not just they're not just creating crap and getting crap as a result like everything yeah. here says like i looked at slot line plays they're second in the nhl in terms of what they generate for expected goals off slot line plays. so i mean east west is how you score in this league yeah. um and they're doing just fine like you said they're just not finishing a lot of these chances so i you know i mean Again, you'd have to dig down and, and, and frankly, it would take me too long to do it. You know, as we're talking, um, you know, you can, you can do that on a player by player level and see if there's anything there, but you know, as a team, like this is a pretty good profile and I think you would hope, but also when you're underscoring expected to that degree, you can almost safely assume that it's going to turn right. Like inside of the post, instead of outside of the post, um, those inches, that are the difference between in and out. Um, they're going to start to finish more of those plays. Just, I mean, and honestly, I think there's too much finishing talent there not to. So that combination, you know, um, if they're generating crappy opportunities and guys with elite finishing talent weren't finishing, and you can look back at the type of opportunities and say, well, that's why those, sometimes we have plays that look like grade A's and the mass says they're not, um, but that's not the case here. So uh, those are all, to me, that's all positives. Um, like heading into the playoffs, those would all be things I would consider good signs. Uh, a little less optimistic about the defensive profile, but uh, yeah. we can get we can get to that a little later. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But first off, I know, I know that uh, Shesterkin had one of the best seasons in recent memory for a goaltender last year. He had a great year, um, won the Vesna. you know, we all know that. He had a little bit of a slip early on in the year. Was there some things that you were able to kind of see or pinpoint that he was doing and that he's changed now that he's kind of, at least over the past month, has, you know, uh, corrected some of those mistakes? Yeah, he's on a bit of a heater right now, eh? Um, yeah. you know, do you know that on the season as a whole, his expected save percentage is actually, like, or his adjusted save percentage, so his performance relative to the environment in front of him, now, it is actually just a hair below what Yaroslav Halak has done behind the same team. Now, Yaro's expected is way lower, which is what happens when you get the, you know, the second end of back-to-backs and some of the tougher opponents. Like, he's working off an 876, and, and Shesterkin's at 890, which is, um, you know, still sort of below the average in the league. They're both well below average expected, but, you know, relative to each of their environments, like, Yaro's actually, you know, playing at, you know, top 15 in the league, uh, above expected and just sort of down there around 19th. But like you guys said, um, 
you know, fast forward a little bit, sort of split this up and look, you know, last time I checked, I think it was March 1st. I just randomly split it up. So we had a month sample and Igor's back to plus 2.9%, which is, you know, people are like, what the hell does 2.9% above expected save percentage means? It means that for every hundred shots, he's saving three goals. So given what the Rangers give up, that's probably, it's probably a goal every game above expected he's saving over the last month. So he's, he's right back in form uh, in terms of, the differences, I got to be honest with you. Like, again, I'm going to shout out Stephen Valaket, who watches him a lot closer than I do. Um, and we had had a conversation on the Ingo Radio podcast recently about what he was seeing. And, you know, it, it sounds so simple, and yet everything for a goaltender sort of plays off this foundation um, stance and setup. Uh, and he felt like he'd gotten a little wider. Uh, a little more dug into his edges. Uh, you know, as soon as you get wider in your stance, you get lower in your stance. Uh, pucks that you were cutting off headed to the top of the net more easily are suddenly just going over shoulders and gloves and blockers. Uh, as soon as you get wider in your stance, you limit your mobility. And obviously, like one of the things that jumped out about Igor last year is like how just how incredible he was in his movement, both on his skates and staying patient on his edges, but also moving on his knees. Like, a, you know, the goalie coach here in Vancouver said he's like a hovercraft out there. And uh, I thought that was an apt description, but it really doesn't take much. Like you widen out that stance three, four inches on either side and start to dig into those edges a little more, start to settle in, settle in your stance and sit a little bit more like it affects everything. And when they sort of took a look at some video and measured the stance, they felt like he had gotten a little bit wider and that he's narrowed things up a little bit and back to where he was last year and this past month. And that would make sense. And, you know, that's sort of the technical explanation, courtesy of them, you know, doing the measurements. And, and I understand how that works. But one of the interesting things I floated back was expectations. Um, Cause certainly, I mean, Igor's season last year wasn't just incredible, like a really good season. Like that was a historically good season for goaltending. Like it was just off the charts good. And I don't know that there were a ton of expectations for him coming in. I don't know that in part because the team didn't have a lot of expectations. Like it was the Igor show, right? Like he, he could have been like quite easily worthy of, of a hard trophy. He was so good yeah. last year behind a team that relied on him so heavily because they were not good defensively, right? Like it was, it was Igor or bust on a lot of nights. And as much as you would think that creates pressure because that it's almost like, uh, you can't lose, right? Like, Hey man, like, like if I got to stop bullets in my teeth for us to have a chance to win, like it's just, everything's gravy when you're not expected to win. Right. But I think those expectations, both in terms of his season and, and what that created for him personally, the level of play, which is, when you say historic season, that typically means not, you know, not something that's going to repeat, be repeated year in and year out. Yeah. Um, and then the expectations of the team being a little better, maybe even leaning on him a little less for stretches this year, um, which is another adjustment when you're not as busy. Uh, what do we do as goaltenders when things don't go the way we want them to, or when the expectate, we feel the pressure of the expectation, we try harder. Like that's, I think that's athletes in general, right? You're going to try harder You try harder yeah. to fix it. Goaltending and golf, man, the two sports, you cannot try harder. Like it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like you ever been on the first tee box and like, Hey, I'm going to swing out of my ass. Um, like swinging harder, trying harder. Like the two sports are so similar in that way. They're also similar in terms of even though goaltending is part of a, a team environment, like it's such an isolated position within the team and what you do is so different and the way we, we track the biomechanics of movement, both of a golf swing, like there are a lot of similarities. Also mindset, that one shot at a, at a time mentality. 
Um, but also as soon as you try harder, you tend to tense up. And that's where like, like the most natural thing of wanting to try harder is to widen out your stance is to dig into your edges a little more to sort of feel like you're spring loading yourself rather than staying sort of relaxed that, you know, I'll cite him a lot because um, he's one of the best in the business and we have a good relationship. So we talk often, but the goalie coach here in Vancouver, Ian Clark, he's got a line that I've heard him use over and over again over the years. Like tension is the enemy of goaltending and tension can be created by expectations by trying too hard. Tension is also created by a wider stance. As soon as you dig those edges in, as soon as you lock in a lower and wider, like that creates tension in the body. And so uh, as easy as he made everything look, and listen, like, <laughs> like he's still not having a bad season. He's still well above expected. Um, yeah. It's just the, the well above expected save percentage. It's just the expectations in terms of how good he can be got so high that everything feels like a disappointment. And that's probably a little unfair because like I said, historic seasons are historic for a reason. That's it's really good uh, explanation of that. I appreciate that. I could see Berkey taking down notes. He's like, all right, I can't get so wide in my stance. I gotta. I can see. Him I, I mean, I, I've I, I've DM Kevin a bunch of times uh, over the past, like talking about goal because uh, there there was I had a, such a problem with like my team was not great defensively last season, so I got like forty shots on net, and I got just like at least fifteen were feelers. And then all of a sudden we shut down defensively and maybe we have maybe 15 to 20 shots, but none of them are real feelers. So I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to, you know, keep on my toes, have the game? Cause like, I'm just here, you know, doing nothing. Right. It's, it's hard. Like everyone, like, that's the thing, right? Like everyone assumes that less work is easier on a goaltender, no. man. It can be, you know, I'll keep this PG, but it can be a real mind mess. Um, like it can really mess with the end. And listen, we've seen it historically over time. Um, some goalies, they just need a little time to adjust to it. Some goalies just can't like, and, and I always feel like I'm picking on him, but he's just an example that everybody knows. So I use it all the time. And it's like, he's a guy who in my mind should, you know, should be considered for the hall of fame, but Curtis Joseph, man, you put him like the Edmonton days or even St. Louis, like you just like, like, open things up and let him face 70 shots and he's going to perform miracles. But what happened when he went to Detroit and all of a sudden, you know, he was expected to be the last line of defense behind a team that was loaded with hall of famers or future hall of famers. But he also, I mean, forget 70 shots. He's lucky if it was 2025, 20, like that was a massive adjustment and he struggled to make it. Um, and, and it's just, again, it's not fair to, to Cujo he had an incredible career and I, I, I can make arguments that he should be in the hall of fame, uh, but it's just the reality, like, you know, horses for courses to go back to the golf analogy. Like there are certain things that fit certain guys and going to a better defensive team is not always like it. Of course, we want to play behind better defensive teams, but being less busy is it's, at the very least, it's an adjustment and it can take time. Look at Pekka Rene, like his game fell off when um, Peter Laviolette arrived. As much as we think of Barry Trotz as this incredible defensive coach, and obviously he is. Um, you know, his goalies were busier when he was there in national part of that was, they didn't have the talent level, like the, you know, some of the defensemen that we think of now, the Webers of the world hadn't quite risen to the level they ultimately achieved when Barry was there, or at least not all of them. And so they gave up shots. And when Laviolette got there, he changed things up and they just, they just didn't give up those easy shots. Like you said, at least he was getting feelers before and Peck struggled mightily with this. And his answer, like his solution was, I got to handle the puck more. 
because at least then I'm engaged. So if you watch Pekka at, at that point, there was a, a, I can't remember exactly how many years into Laviolette's tenure, probably second or third, like, dude, like every rim on the glass, no matter what, he tracked it down behind the net. He would go butterfly slide into the boards. He'd slam himself into the boards to knock pucks out. It's ultimately what led to him getting a goal late in his career. Like the puck he tracked down behind the net that he scored on is one that most goalies don't even try to go get, right? right. But that was his way of staying engaged. Right. And there's different mental tools you can use, start breaking the period down into segments. But at the end of the day, that next shot, mentality that next save mentality it's the easiest thing to say in goaltending and quite often the hardest thing to do and when those shots aren't coming as regularly as you're used to it's an adjustment and so you know i've heard seen some quotes about Igor working with a sports psychologist this year or a new whether it's a new one or for the first time they're probably trying to find tools to manage that it's again i have i have all the faith in the world he'll get there and i don't know whether he gets back to historical season levels we'll see um but he's an incredible goaltender and this is just part of the process. One more thing that he has to figure out that wasn't the same as last year. Actually, it goes into uh, my next question, which isn't about Chessy. I'm sure we'll get back to him here. But uh, I want to ask you, is is Allmark really this good, or is he benefiting from a team that limits high-danger chances? And I you know, I was looking at Swayman's stats, and they also look rather high, and it kind of makes me a little bit of a doubter, especially what he's done before. So I'm wondering what your take on Allmark in this season was. Okay, so Linus will be the first one to tell you um that playing behind the Boston Bruins is a good thing for a goaltender and that is not just because of them being a good defensive team and anytime your team is led by Patrice Bergeron with his defensive sort of identity and what they insist upon as a group uh in terms of expectations of how you play and and remember guys it's like defense isn't defenseman defense is is team play um you're going to benefit from that no question it also helps that you're playing behind a team that, you know, if you do make a mistake and you're not John Gibson, one goal is one too many, right? Like, you, you know, your team can score and help you out. There's definitely benefits there. But in terms of how well Linus has played this year, like, again, I'll go to adjusted save percentage on the season as a whole. Yes, his baseline expected save percentage is higher, like it's 899. So it's like 10 points above the league average. But his performance relative to it is plus 2.8%. There's no one else in the entire NHL that's better. The only guy that was flirting with being better, and he took a bit of a dip here in the last last week, is Philip Gustafson in Minnesota. Like That's how good Gustafson's season has been. Um, sorry, Ottawa Senators. Linus leads the league in adjusted save percentage. So yes, it is a favorable defensive environment relative to others. Um, he's about... 10 points above UC Saros's expected save percentage. Uh, interestingly enough, the other guy that, like I keep hearing this argument for Sorokin and like Sorokin should be a finalist. I'm okay with that. Um, but Sorokin's expected save percentage is only six points better than Allmark's. And in terms of outperforming it, he's a full percentage point below him. So like if anybody's making arguments, like by all means, Sorokin a finalist, unless you're saying that the gap in games played is so extreme that it has to be you know, like that, that hurts all Mark significantly. I still think it's all Mark with a bullet. And if anybody's making a case to challenge him, it's actually UC Saros, not Ilya Sorokin. Saros is the only guy in the league. And a lot of this is the fact he's faced over 600, like 600 shots more than Linus Allmark. He's playing so much. He's right. the only guy in the league that has more goals saved above expected than Linus Allmark. Like Linus Allmark is second. Saros is first. 
And Sorokin is third, about six goals behind Linus, according to ClearSight Analytics. And and hey, once again, not too far, far behind them and all that is Andre Vasilevsky again. So listen, like, yes, the environment is easier, but only six points easier than Sorokin's. And Linus Allmark is outperforming it better than, but outperforming his environment at a level that's higher than anyone else in the National Hockey League. And so, like, does this mean he could go play behind... You know, a terrible defensive team, I, I would actually argue he did for years in Buffalo. And a lot of his underlying numbers on clear sight were still pretty impressive. Not lead the league impressive, but always above expected. This is why I like the move. He's also made changes in Boston under um, the goalie coach Bob Asenza there. Like he's actually playing with a little, a little what they call recoil. A little backwards flow, not just on rush chances, but even on end zone play. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Poppy seed muffins before you go in air. Not a good idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he's so I like both things can be true. Is it easier to play in Boston? I mean, they're a wagon, right? Like, and yes, yeah. the defensive environment is easier, but Linus Allmark is still having a season that is very much worthy of the Vesna trophy, despite all those things. And when you adjust, you know, like talked about apples to apples and apples to oranges, like you can't compare one team to the other and what one goalie faces, even behind the same team. You know, we, we talked about Shesterkin and Halak. So when we weight that and adjust it and try and equalize as best we can, and I would argue ClearSight does it better than anyone else, I'll mark still number one on a sort of per-shot basis, which is how I think of adjusted save percentage. And in totality, only UC Saros has passed him in terms of goals saved. Uh, I know uh, you got to go here, so just wanted to ask, um, what are the some things the Rangers can do to expose the goalies they're playing against in the playoffs, like Vanacek and Anderson. Is there something about their games that maybe they could find a weakness to? So, who, and you, 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 you caught me off guard here a little bit. Um, oh, who, who do they get in the first round? My apologies. I haven't like these oh, things no, no, have yeah. been like, these things have been changing on a nightly basis too, right? Like uh, yeah. Carolina, New Jersey have been battling. It we're out for we're most likely spot. to be playing Car- uh, the devils. Yeah, yeah most likely the devil's Vanacek. Okay, so like, I mean, I, I, I'm not like, it's not a, his game is not one I am intimately familiar with. Um, you know, but like, I, I, I think a lot of the things we talk about there, um, when we talked about the quality that they generate, I mean, that's typically how you score on most goaltenders, right? So, you know, um, get into the slot area on him, create second chances. He wears those Bauer pads, so you have to be cognizant. The rebounds coming off them are going to be a lot more active um, than they would be off of, say, Igor's pads. Like, And and legitimately, like Bauer designs a line of pads that are des- specifically to create super active, super fast rebounds. So if you're standing at the edge of the crease, you don't have time to react to it. Like You're better to park yourself out you know, five feet past the edge of a crease. So you can sort of have a chance to put back those rebounds and rebounds are an area that Vanacek has struggled with this year. Um, You know, like I think he plays a very neutral game. Like he's not a guy that's going to beat himself a lot. Um, So interestingly enough, we talked about, you know, picking those corners and finding those spots. Um, Like, I think that's where he has a really nice, I'll give you fantasy football terms. He has a really good floor because he does a lot of things really well technically, and he's not going to beat himself. 
Um, he's going to make you beat him. I don't know where the ceiling is, how high the ceiling is in terms of when you generate dynamic offense. Is he a guy that has that next level of athleticism to still come up with some of the tougher saves? Um, you know, he's been about average on, on stuff across the middle of the ice on scene plays this year. Um, he's been really good on breakaways. You know, like there's things that uh, he does really well. Uh, but I would suggest that like quick shots, get to the slot area and then look for those second chance opportunities is one, like from a statistical profile, that's one thing you would look for. And here's the reality. I haven't gotten to this yet. It's a project I have to start this week for NHL.com, which means I probably won't sleep between now and next week. Um, but that's, that's doing the work to really figure out how and why you can attack certain goaltenders. And that involves watching every goal they've given up and tracking it and charting it and looking at the numbers and looking for tendencies that might match those numbers. And I'm not at that stage yet um, with the Eastern conference. Uh, I've got to dig in this week. So I'm going to go shameless plug here and say, make sure you check out NHL.com leading into the playoffs. Cause we should have previews uh, for every series that include me taking a look at the goals that goalies right. have given up and trying to find some of those trends. And here's the thing. What I do is very rudimentary. I guarantee you what the NHL goalie coaches, like a guy like Benny Allaire does is like next level. Like I've seen some of these scouting reports over the years and some of the details that they can find, um, how a guy places his skate relative to the post on a wraparound. I remember one series, I won't say the team, um, but I know for sure. I remember watching it was towards the end of game one and the team scores a goal, banks it off the goalie um, in the dying stages to tie the game then almost goes ahead late. Uh, and then if I'm not, if I remember correctly, I might've scored a game, the the overtime winner doing the same thing. And I'm like, Oh, that's got, that was a goalie coach. Pre, that was a pre-scout off the goalie coach. hundred percent. He recognized something. They waited for an opportunity and they took advantage of it. And it took that goaltender all the two games to sort of correct it because the way he was positioning himself outside the post to make a lateral push on plays that got below the goal line was leaving him exposed to bank shots. Like there's no way that they're trying multiple times and succeeding to bank a, a puck off the goalie from below the goal line as they start a wraparound attempt if they're not looking for it, right? And so the details that these goalie coaches find, man, like, and that's why the playoffs are a real test for goalies. And that's why, like, what Igor did last year was impressive, especially after the sort of, I would say struggles, but, you know, like a little bit of a speed bump at the beginning. Like, yeah. You will never be more exposed. And, by, and we all know by the time we get to the cup final, we're, we got future Hall of Famers and we're nitpicking. But you never get more exposed than in the playoffs because the level of detail that goes into attacking and breaking down a goaltender is never higher. And I would argue this too. When it's one of 82 in a season, that goalie coach can do all the same work. How many guys are really paying attention to the details when it's Tuesday in Nashville uh, on a you know six-game road trip and they can't even figure what what state, what day, what time it is? Like how much? There's a handful of guys that will always dig on the details, but for the most part, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But they're not attacking those 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 weaknesses that have been identified in the playoffs. They dig in on those details as a staff, probably even more so. But the players pay attention to it at a level that's unseen, I believe, in the regular season, when it's whether it's one or four of 82, depending on what division you're in, you just don't get that same type of... And that's where the eyes and the work that goes into breaking these guys down actually comes to fruition or doesn't 
on the on the ice over the course of a seven game series. I've seen goalies have great series and been like, why are they not doing this? Like th- there's a tendency here and they're not attacking it. So it, it's not every team that has that level of detail, but the ones that do, you figure it out pretty quick. All righty. Um, Kevin, once again, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, is, was there anything else you wanted to plug in what you're doing Twitter handle? No, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. I apologize. I wasn't here when I was supposed to be. It has been a bit of a gong show this weekend. I, I am now a volleyball dad, uh, as well as, um, uh, uh, a crappy beer league goalie and a, and a, and a hockey writer. So that took me all over the place and travel was a little bit rough this weekend. So your guys' patience with me is sincerely appreciated. All I would say is, um, the only plug would be in goal magazine. If you're not a goalie, probably not for you. If you are a goalie, um, there is no other place in the world that will help you become a better goaltender than in goal mag. We literally have hundreds of drills with NHL goalies, NHL goalie coaches, what we call pro reads where, NHL goalies sit down and watch video and review saves with us and tell us why they make certain save selections, why they choose their depth, why they choose a certain post integration, what they're seeing in front of them that leads them to play certain plays the way they do. It's a great way to learn how to read the game. And quite often they share a lot of details on the technical evolution of the game. We got one with Thatcher Demko this week where he talks about how to properly align your inside edge on reverse VH and what a difference it makes for him. We had Linus Allmark. We talk about backwards recoil, flow, purposely retreating on point shots, which I was thought was, are you kidding me? It's all about being set and square. Linus walked us through it and then did video with us of, of an example of how and why it works for him so well this season. So um, if you want to geek out on goaltending the way I like to geek out on goaltending, make sure you check out ingoalmeg.com. All right, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on and hopefully we'd have you on another time and uh, yeah, take care. Anytime. And I promise it won't be as hard as it was today to get me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. All right. And so obviously there's games this week that, that, you know, uh, throughout the holiday week that we've, we've all seen the Rangers are kind of going through the motions right now. Uh, Playoff spots clinch. It's just a matter of, are we playing the devils? Probably playing the devils at this point. Um, we're not going to go too heavily into any of those games. We're going to finish this week with the top five uh, while the playoff, while the season is finishing up. Uh, we're going to talk about, since we had the goalie expert on today and Kevin, uh, we're going to kind of do a top five of the top five goalies in this year's playoff. Now, obviously, the playoff is not fully set yet. So it's, you know, there might be, instead of choosing from 16 teams, we might be choosing from 18 or 20 teams. Um, I think we're all going to pro- probably have a lot of the same people, which is where we all rank them. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to put... You should probably also mention, though, no Vasilevsky or Shesterkin. No. No, 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 no. We... <laughs> oh, I, I screwed something up here? I was, no, 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 no. Honest, you, I was spazzing out a bit you, right there. You can use Shesty or Vasilevsky. I, you I can? Said, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Hey, I mean, you're that's going just... last right now, so quickly reorder while, while, while me and... Just, the... That makes it This is like the third consecutive top five that it's been a mess on my list. This is, uh, that was it was in the text messages, but it's okay. Fix it, 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 fix, oh, okay. it, fix it on the fly. You can do it. You just right, gotta right, move right. you out. It's fine. You can do it, buddy. I believe in you. All right, number five for me. Starting off great again, boys. Great. Yeah, great, this great this is the third week. I, my list has been so screwed up. Jesus. Hey, well, the other uh, two weeks were like hundred percent your fault, though. Okay, okay, Mister Blindside. Uh, Wait, oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. 
All right. So my top five, number five for me is going to be Ilya Sorokin. Um, now, obviously, the if you really look at the East this, this year, there's so many good teams, and that's because they're led by stud goaltenders. Um, he's obviously the main reason why the Islanders are even in playoff contention right now. They should get in. Um, obviously, they, it could come this time next week, and they're not in. Um, but if, if they do get in, I, I think he is one of the best goalies in the playoff and he could win you a series. He could steal you a few games against a hot team and shut them down. So, uh, he'll be my number five right now. It's a good pick. I like it. Um, when you said we're going to have the same top five and just in different orders, I was like, ah, I don't know about that. I feel like it went off the board here a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to start off with that, with, uh, saying Connor Hellebuck. And I know that's an odd pick maybe for some, um, especially because uh, Winnipeg is, well, they're currently occupying a uh, uh, the wild card slot right now. But um, if you're watching him play, man, he is an absolute competitor. He's also a guy that plays 60-plus games every single year. And that's the kind of guy that I want playing in the for me in the playoffs. Um, I don't want a guy that's like really splitting starts a lot of times and then all of a sudden is the number one guy to play potentially 28 games if they go to four seven-game series. Uh, so he's a beast. He's a workhorse. I, I've loved his game for a long time now. And to me, he's a guy, um, you know, ready to win our cup. So uh, my number five, Connor Hellebuck. So we got a we got a one week change the order of the list because you guys have made me look really, really bad the past three weeks. Uh, <laughs> mine, mine is Connor Hellebuck. And uh, yeah, it's. It's basically all the reasons Bray you just said. Um, no, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Hellebuck fan as well. Okay. All right. Number four for me is going to be, and he might even be a little too low right now. Uh, he he could very well win the West for his team, and that's Jake Ottinger. Uh, I think it's now's a fitting time to kind of talk about playoff goalies because last year I didn't know who the hell he was until the playoffs. Um. He burst onto the scene last year in the playoffs, and he is he is something to watch. Uh, just he made a few unbelievable saves in the game on Saturday. I was bartending in the game between Vegas and uh, Dallas went till I think shootouts, uh, and it, he he was he stood on his head again. Um, no, it was uh, I, Jake Ottinger. He's so much fun to watch. He could definitely, and that's a good team, but he could definitely lead the Stars to the West. Yep. That's a good pick. I love the pick. Maybe we are going to have the same five after all. I don't know. Um, my number four, and, you know, I hate it because I, I just, you know, I hate this team with a passion and always have. And I kind of threw up a question in an interview, too, which I think was me trying to say, like, hey, he's not really that great, right? Um, but you still can't deny it with the season that he's having right now. So uh, Linus Allmark is going to be my number four. Um, you know, I did get to see him play in Buffalo a bit. And, you know, by no you. means am I trying to say he's a sieve? I hate uh, you. I, I I just I just just I just feel like <laughs> I, I love this dynamic of you always going last because it always puts you in the same position. It always I looks like it. I'm copying. I, from I love it so much. It's and great. It's... I'll stop talking about Lita Zolbark so he can have something. Always give me something <laughs> to say. Like yeesh. Every time it's just like oh yeah what what Brett said or oh yeah what Luca said. <laughs> it's all right go ahead what do you got uh, all right all right all right um yes it is linus Olmark. oh wow shocker um 
I'm not going to put him higher because I do still have my doubts about him, how he performs uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, Kevin gave great insight to explain why you shouldn't have your doubts or why the doubts shouldn't be as big as they are. Uh, it's just one of those things that you just got to see it. So just with caution, number four. Uh, my number three is going to be a little weird for everyone, I feel like. I'm I'm going Igor. Um, and this is this to me is, is more of uh, wow. Hey, no, 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 that's, no, no, that's you, wow. No, you got you, I'm I'm reverse mushing the other goalies. Okay, just okay. hear me out. All right. <laughs> so he's my number three, but really he's my number one. Uh, but no, seriously, I I I, I when when you're picking, it's it's like I, I was thinking about it today. It's like you, when it comes down to the playoffs, like. If you give the option, like to the Devils, a team that doesn't have a goalie, or the Hurricanes who have been looking, um, the the Maple Leafs, if you give any of these five goalies the, or the Maple Leafs the option of choosing any of these five goalies, they would die to get one yeah. of these five goalies. You know what I mean? Like so that that that's also kind of what I'm saying. Like it it matters, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, in the, in the sense of like who's you choose like because any of these five goalies you, most teams would just give their liver to get on in their roster um for Sturkin's mind uh and that's really just because I don't want to put him at number one uh because I will coordinate him in mid-june um so yeah that's my number three that's actually one benefit of me being last because I get to see where you guys put your Sturkin so Ooh. Well, ain't no surprise for me, but anyway, number three is going to be what Luca just said for number four, and that's Jake Ottinger. Um, you know, and, and and Luca, you make a great point with saying that, you know, any one of these five guys is a guy that can get you there. Um, and, and you can look at their stats, and sometimes I do. Like, I pulled up some of these guys' stats, and I'm like, I'm shocked by how similar and how close they all are. And then I'm like, I'd really need to go into like clear side analytics and like break down stuff to try and be like, mm, who is actually better. But then again, it's like that's regular season hockey. That's not playoff hockey. And so that's when it comes down to just like sort of gut instinct and how I'd be how I'm ranking them is that like I feel like Ottinger and that Dallas team is a team that's like they're ready to really go for another cup. And I think he's a goalie that can take a team there. Like I've seen him just take over games you know, yeah. um, and just say like, nope, you're not scoring anymore. Just like I have with Shessie. Like Shessie sometimes lets in a goal or two early on. And then it's like, you're not getting another one in. You can try as hard as you want. It's not happening. Um, and so I just see some of that flash, some of that ability to just be like, nope, I'm just not letting you score anymore. So that's why Jake Ottinger is my number three. Yeah, I'm going to number two because. No, no, no. What's your number three? What do you mean? Because I'm, I'm not doing my number three. Which you never you have to do number three. It's a top five. It's not a top four, bro. You for the third time in a row, you said my top three. It's Jake Ottinger. It, it was okay. You know what? Forget it. I'm doing my second one, which is Ilya Sorokin. He's <laughs> garbage. You know, you can't just hop around like. Well, I can't exactly. You look like I'm copying everyone every single time. So, so you had Ottinger at number three. Yes. Okay. Uh, what do you all want right. me to do here? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> What do, what do you want from me? Do you Brett's doing everything about Ottinger. Ilya Sorokin's already been mentioned twice. Like, did, too. did I give you access so to one. Google Docs or something where, where you just see my picks? No, beforehand? I just think it. I think I think the I think this alludes to what I said of like 
anyone would die to get one of these three, one of these five goalies. Yeah, and that that's just kind of alludes to them all. Oh, no, 100%, being kind of heady. they're all head and shoulders. I feel like above the rest. Um, you know, uh, I I think it's interesting that three of them are Russian goalies, and are at least on mine. Uh, and I'm most all Mark is Swedish. Uh, yeah, two of them are Russian. Uh, I don't know. I I can't count. I guess I did six. Um, but yeah. Uh, what? Wait, the, so what the hell number, number three am I was Jake Ottinger got it. All right, very good. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry number to keep on Jake stealing number my, two your number. Your here. number two, Luca. <laughs> number two for me is going to be Vasilevsky. Uh, I, you know he's he's obviously. I mean, I don't need. We don't need to talk about Vasilevsky. He, he's done what he's done the past five years. He's amazing. He's a freak. Uh, he's had a bit of a down year for him, which is still the best year for most players. Uh, I personally think it, he could be, but I'm I also joking. no. I mean, no, I, there, there, there's a certain part where when you watch the Lightning, you're like, I don't know if they have it anymore. I, have they played too many games? Are they did they just fall off that cliff and they're not going to do it anymore? That and pro- they could very well beat the Maple Leafs. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it is what it is. When it comes to playoff hockey, that team can turn it on and turn it on a dime. Uh, and that's why he should be number one or two on most lists. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. I understand. And, I, and I'm, and I'm not actually going to quibble or disagree with you on that one. I don't have him on my list because, honestly, and I think I would have as of last year. But I yeah. just was – I'm just like, you know what? I feel like there's – I feel like – I think his time is done. I think I think the, the mantle has passed. Um, now maybe I'm wrong and we'll see. And I, you definitely could be right. Cause he still obviously has the ability to perform at that level. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just uh, explaining. Uh, anyway, it's a good my thing. number two, it's, it's a good thing. I mentioned my number two, because that proves that I didn't have Vasilevsky on my list to begin with. So if I didn't say that and I didn't have Vasilevsky on my list, it, it would have even looked worse. So, oh, hey, so, uh, so Berkey, what are you going to do next? Give us your number 16 goalie. Yeah. Yeah. Just, no kidding. Just go, yeah. Just go uh-huh. completely off the board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't matter because my number two pick in the actual order is going to be Ilya Sorokin, and the reason why is that I mean, oh, I'm sorry, well, what are you doing? I had I had him at two. Uh, yeah, no, no, you didn't. You 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 jumped ahead and you said well, number. Well, two. Yeah, you were stealing. Imagine what would I'm have not happened. stealing. I'm not stealing. I'm just this saying. Imagine what would have happened. This is the order of what I it was. I can't help. I can't help that 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 like I have such great thoughts that you change them on the fly to just match, and at this time we just so happen to pick the same thing. I mean, it just happens sometimes. Well, I'm saying though, like if if I didn't jump to two, it would have been <laughs> the same at three, the same at two, and I'm assuming it's the same at one. So, yeah, actually, we would have had the same. The wait, who was your wait, five? Is that the full same list? Who was your five? It was. Hellbuck. And then you had Thelmark? Yeah. And then you had Ottinger and Sorokin? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You had the same time five? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're making me look That's terrible wild. here. That's what I have them written down right here. I can show you right, right on the screen right here. No, like, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't I believe you. I'm just like, well, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is nuts. I know that that is, I mean, especially with how it's gone the last few weeks, I think it's hilarious that we literally had all five the same. <laughs> and and also, right. the fact is, we both didn't have Vasilevsky in there. I know, I know, it's yeah. wild. I know. Well, wow. it's wild for you, but for the listeners, it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of a bit iffy with me. 
Yeah, no, but I mean, it's 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 uh, it's funny though. That's really funny. I love it, and not just the same five, but the same order too. It's amazing. That is pretty right. funny. Anyway, uh, Ilya Sorokin, Islander fans, when they say like, "Oh, they, you know, he's better than Chessier," they'd rather have him. And of course, every Rangers fan feels the exact you know, opposite. I, I feel like you know they're the flip side of the same coin. Uh, they're both, I think, at their peak, are the two best goalies in the league right now. Um, maybe day in, day out, and throughout the whole entire season, that you know can become more questionable. Obviously, Chessier had a little bit of downtime. I know Sorokin also had a couple patches here and there, but I think when both are playing at their best form, and again, that's usually when you see goalies in the playoffs play at their absolute tip top. I don't think there's any higher in the league than Chesterkin and Neil Soroka. And that's why if I'm going into the playoffs, I want the guy who can play the absolute best. Um, it's like it's like a miracle when they said, uh, uh, you know, why are you why are you going with uh, what was the other goalie's name? Whatever. Why I, 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 could, I could quote it. It's I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Right. Yeah. But then specifically about Jim Craig, he said, like, oh, I heard his game is off. Uh, that's what uh, that's what Patrick said to, to her Brooks. And he goes, have you ever seen him when his game is on? And that's and that's like just that's what he's saying is like, hey, yeah, he may be having a little shaky time right now and whatnot, but like when he's at his best, he is one of those guys. And so that's why Sorokin is my number two. Yep. I mean, uh, do, you know, does my, gonna, list... my number one, uh, <laughs> since we already know. <laughs> does my already... list matter anymore since just like Brett basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, I mean, you, you guys kind of like went through you gave your entire list already, you know. Yeah, it's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah, we, we basically Brett, said that. Brett's, Brett's your proxy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my number one is going to be Allmark. Uh, he's had an unbelievable year and obviously Shesterkin had a, you know, historic season last year. Allmark's numbers are not the same, but they're they're up there. They're pretty darn good. Which is pretty impressive because we haven't seen, we didn't see a, a season like Chesty's season last year since you know, he was putting up Hoshik numbers late nineties. Um, so it, you know it, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. They just got their sixty third win tonight. Uh, it's it they're they're absolutely you know and Kevin talked about it. They're a wagon in Boston, and I am really really curious to see if anyone can beat them uh, in the postseason. Uh, I'll say this, and you know gonna kind of finish this off with talking about another big goalie he used to be on here uh would have been on this list a lot uh but who the hell is the guy in Florida I'm forgetting his name right now the big Russian Bobrovsky Bobrovsky if Florida gets in and if they have to go and play in Boston Bobrovsky was the goalie in Columbus when they knocked out Tampa Bay, who was the 62 win Tampa Bay Lightning team Oh yeah, Florida is a dangerous team yeah, to are. get in the playoffs. Okay, I'm going to leave that right here. They cow. they could they could really be a thorn in their side, um, especially if Bobrovsky stands on his head and Olmark maybe takes a step back. Uh, yeah. It's it's I'm the odds if you're looking at gambling bets or you know if you're looking at at uh, throwing some money on it the odds are probably so in the favor to just throw some money in because the payout would be phenomenal yeah uh, but that that that's a series you might want to throw 10 bucks 20 bucks on uh and just kind of see what happens a little mini uh, gambler's corner yeah. here but i like it if, i like if it, it happens yeah I never uh, even thought about that. Bob was in the was in net when they took yeah. down uh, Tampa Bay, and they, yeah, they swept him too for sure. He's yeah. bad in the playoffs. I, I believe his reputation in the playoffs is just terrible, and that was like the one good yeah playoff run he had. Yeah, 
but it would um, be an absolute repeat of the same thing. Yeah, I never yeah. even thought about that. But uh, yeah, I think that's where we're gonna end it this week. Uh, next week we'll be doing a playoff preview. Just diving right in, boys. All right. Can't wait. All right.